Hello, and welcome back to Cumanera. Uh, it's a new Monero podcast with from the Experience Points Network. We're an all-queer cast. I'm your baby GM, Kelrick. My pronouns are he, him. Hooray, I remembered something. I <laughs> Good job, Sorry. <laughs> and with me today are my wonderful friends. I'm Jess. My pronouns are she and her, and I play Tiuna. Uh, I'm Kenny, and I play Hillian, and my pronouns are he, him. I'm Aaron, I play Rylu, and my pronouns are they, them. Excellent. And I believe we have a recap from our very own Jess. Yes. While investigating the Numenera that transformed the people of Adridwan into strange creatures, we were directed to Daxum's hunting grounds where we found an unusual tree. The tree turned out to be a portal into a cavern where we found steel spiders. After some fighting, we managed to dispatch them and were ready to explore the caverns after getting some steel filaments out of my arm. All right. So what do you do? You are in this hallway that has a lot of steel spider webs, which you all luckily have minimal difficulty in seeing now that you are exposed to them. You have one dead spider that Hillian has managed to search. And what did you find on them? Yeah, so Hillian searched the spider and he found in my personal notes, a magnetic shield cipher, um, which is the spinneret from one of the spiders, uh, and it works to repel metal, and a retina from one of the steel spiders that works as a visual displacement device. Wow, those are some pretty cool ciphers. <laughs> and you rolled really well, so they're really high-level ciphers, actually. So they are. They'll work for hours. To see how that works. <laughs> and the other two spiders were so seriously damaged and they ran away so you have no idea where their nest is if you'll see them again but you do know that right now Tiuna was pretty seriously injured and during this rest you're healing but you do still have some of those pesky pesky metal webs injected into your arm I don't remember. I feel like, did was there a check that we did last time? Because I remember asking why we knew anything about these little metal spiders and we had rolled for it. And I thought I had some sort of information about like how how um, the spiders and maybe the webs, but I don't remember. Is that a thing that happened or am I like making things up? You had a really good role about the spiders. And so you remembered a story that someone else had, had shared. And cool. You know, it didn't really say anything about the webs except how to collect them. And so you had spent some of this 10-minute uh, rest that Tuna and everyone was taking collecting some of the the webbing that was along the wall. Cool. Uh, Tuna, are you okay? Is it still, is it still, is it growing? Is it, what was, is, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's growing. I just know that I have steel filaments in my arm, which seems bad because if it's the same stuff that we're seeing around here, if we try to touch it, it'll just cut through everything. So I don't yeah. know. Does anyone have a magnet? It, it looks pretty bad. Um, I, I found this thing. Um, I don't know if it's the best idea to use it, but it repels metal. So if we use it, maybe it could just push the filaments out that it could be great it could be really really bad 
yeah, that certainly sounds like it could. It has the potential to be really bad. Uh, I, just, I, I just don't know if we have other options here. Yeah, can I look? Let me take a look at that before we decide to use it. <laughs> can I roll to see exactly what this thing is? You absolutely may. <laughs> Let's make that a. It's a pretty high level cipher, so I think this will take a little bit of effort. You know what? Let's make it just difficult. So it's a difficulty level four. Okay. And then I have like a book to help me understand Numenera and I have like the understanding Numenera skill. And I know that it's not a Numenera exactly, but does that help me at all? I believe ciphers fall under the category of Numenera. Okay. So yeah, you can drop it by two steps or you have to roll a difficulty two, so a six to okay. know more about this. And I, I dropped it into our party sheet so you can look at it as well. <laughs> oh, nice. And you get a 15. Yeah, you can read everything in there and know everything about it. Would you like to share that with the audience? So metal objects can't come within immediate range of the activated device, and they will be slowly pushed out of the range. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be painful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, slowly is probably better since it's this, like, indestructible steel thing. We can maybe try to use that to like maneuver it around my bones. I would be pretty clear <laughs> that these webs will slice through anything. Like they will cut if if you put a steel blade to the knife to the webs, mm -hmm. the webs will cut the blade unless it is a higher level than the webbing is. So it has to be a level five knife or higher. Your bones well are not level five. <laughs> no. Not so what yet. I was saying is that like if it slowly pushes things away, mm -hmm. then what, what what I can try to do is just like turn my arm or rather like have them turn my arm because I imagine like sure. that would be very painful for someone to try to do for themselves. Absolutely. You you may absolutely do it this way if that's what you wish to do. <laughs> Does it hurt when you move or is it more stable? I mean I imagine that probably hurts, right? Every time you move, they are cutting more of your arm. Like, okay. okay. How can I tell how deep into me the filaments are? You can, you can tell. And I think you, you reacted quickly enough that, you know, each one is maybe between one and three inches. And why don't you just do a real quick uh, 1d6 roll for me, and that'll tell us how many strands we have to deal with. Six. Oh, good. Okay. Mm, excellent. <laughs> so... You have to get six of these web strands that are between one and three inches out of your arm. It's up to you how you want to do that. Can you remind me, when the spider bit me, like, where exactly did it bite? We didn't choose an exact place. We just said on your arm. I leave that completely up to you for where that is on the arm. I would not suggest a joint. <laughs> Where's the most anatomically safe? Well, because, I mean, if it was just sort of, like, in... The forearm, if the strands aren't that long and they just like injected straight, it already wouldn't be touching my bones. It would just sort of be like along the inside of my skin. Unless they injected through your bones. Well, I mean, if they injected through my bones and there's already nothing I can do that's gonna... <laughs> you're, you're already like, losing the arm. Yeah, like there's right. no way to... <laughs> so they're in your arm. If you push them the wrong way, they will cut through your bones. If you push them the wrong way, they will cut an artery or a vein. If you push them the wrong way, they will slice off an arm. You have to be careful in removing these. Right. Let's just lay that out there. Right. No, for sure. That's, <laughs> I get that. I was just wondering is like, 
like I said, like, cause if it's like in my forearm, I feel like that's a little bit easier to deal with than like in my elbow or like shoulder. I am fine with your forearm or your bicep. That's fine. Okay. Whatever you want. However, you do need to figure out how to keep you. I mean, you actually, you don't, if you want to keep them in your arm, you're welcome to keep them in your arm and take continual damage. That's fine. Yeah. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. So here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Hillian, you stand far enough away that, like, when you activate the device, it doesn't do anything just yet. Rylu, I'm going to need your help, basically just helping me hold my arm still. Like, no matter what happens, I'm going to take serious damage to this arm, and I might lose it. But if nothing else, we need to get these strands out. So what we'll do is Hillian will activate the device and then walk slowly toward me because it'll slowly push them out of my arm as it gets closer. Um, and Rylu, you just help me keep my arm still so that it doesn't do any more damage than it's already going to do on the way out. I think that the best way to do this would be to put the device under your arm, no? Because then if we activated it, it would push it away from it and out of your forearm. Well, I was thinking what we'll do is I'll stand, like you stand between the device and me so that it doesn't shoot out at you. And I'll just like hold my arm up and away. And that way the filaments will like go away from all of us because if they go up they might like there might be something there so like basically what i'm trying to do is hold my arm so that they'll push out as close to the injection site as possible so hillian i'll approach from behind you yes i will help you this is <laughs> i know not about numenera this i will help you yeah so i mean Jacques had a, a splinter once, and it was really hard to, to to get him to come down. I mean, his paw was bigger then, so I think he was in a lot of pain when I was pulling it out. Um, so, yeah, good luck. Um, maybe since this pushes metal, we should maybe put all of our metal somewhere else so it doesn't fly across and hit us. Yeah, good call. Everyone put your metal out of range. Rylu looks at Hillian like... All right, so do you just play Scatterbrain? It doesn't say this, but like the look that's like, do you just play Scatterbrain? Because that's that's a good point. <laughs> Side-eyes Hillian a little bit. These webs are very shiny. <laughs> and then blinks and is back to normal. <laughs> All right, so we'll what, put our... Oh, so here's my concern, though. Depending on how we face, if the, if it pushes metal away then that means our, our our weapons and all of our stuff is either going to be pushed out the portal or further down this hallway. Well, I think yeah. further down the hallway is the best at bet because we don't really want to go back out the portal. I mean, I would love to go back out the portal, but since we have to save these people, I know we have to go forward. If Daxum so, can make it, then we can. How? What's the range of this object? It says immediate range. Mm-hmm. How close is immediate again? Immediate. It, Numenera doesn't have a set distance. Um, it's more of a vague distance system. So anything that's like in the size of a room in melee combat, that sort of thing is immediate. Yeah, anything you can reach, reach within like a, a, a footstep. Mm -hmm. Okay, new plan. Don't ever activate that device anywhere near me because it will kill me instantly. <laughs> we have to figure out something else to do. You have, are you part metal? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, wow. There's that 10% chance. <laughs> All right. We have to figure out a different way to get these out of me. So I guess what we'll do for now is just... Um, well, Tune is going to wrap her uh, unbreakable scarf around her arm, sort of like a sling. And I guess we'll just keep exploring this cavern until I find something strong enough to hold on to these filaments to get Hill them out of me. Hillian, are you any good at, at um, medicine? I know that, you know, you take care of Jacques. Not quite the same. 
that I look at Tiuna and like, <laughs> listen, I'm not calling you an animal, but you may have more experience than I can. I have this device that will put Tiuna to sleep for 10 minutes so she doesn't feel pain. I mean, sl- sleeping is different than not feeling pain. Um, I, I think. I, mean, I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I, I could try. I'm, I'm more of the, how are you feeling sort of medicine. Not the, <laughs> I, I'm going to stop this bleeding wound. Calric, how indestructible is my indestructible scarf? It is indestructible. So you have yet to find anything that is... Which one of you two has the more stable hands? A hundred percent me. <laughs> I, am, I, I careful movement is my thing. Let's try to get one strand out this way. Use the scarf as the glove, basically, and then just like grab a strand and try to pull it out. I can move fast. I, I think slow and steady is what we need in this case. All right. Well, I mean, I, I, I fixed Jock, so but w- whatever. It's it's okay. Uh, hey, hello, Jock. Are there? Uh... Are there strands of this sticking out of Tiuna, or is it like fully injected and and I'm gonna have to make some incisions? I'm gonna say that they're sticking out because Tiuna was basically able to blast that thing apart once it bit her. And so the spider didn't get to cut them off, its head exploded. So yeah. Perfect. That's fine. Cool. It will be a a difficulty three. It just requires me to roll decent. <laughs> you have a 50-50 chance. And with you, you have the careful movement, so that drops it down to a difficulty two. So you have to roll a six or better, unless you have something else to make it easier. And actually, I would actually drop it down by one for using the scarf as an asset. It's would not you... a super challenging thing, but you have to do it six times. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, that, that sounds like a plan. Do you want me to put you out for 10 minutes while we do this. I know that it's going to be painful, but... I have a feeling it's going to be painful enough that even if you put me to sleep, I'll just wake back up. So how about instead of putting me to sleep, Hillian, would you be willing to just, like, try to hold me down so I'm not moving too much? Yeah, I can do that. I mean, you hold me so often, it's fine. Aww. Aww. (laughs) Our sweet baby summer child. (laughs) My precious friend. (laughs) I wanted to go on record that uh, Riley was just called your friend, so... No, that was Hillian. There was an S at the end of that, friends, and you can't take it back. (laughs) It's canon. No, I said my precious friend. Singular. Uh, (laughs) I would not mistakenly call Riley her friend. (laughs) All right, you want me to throw these rolls down? Yeah. See what type of trouble we get into. These are the most, like, pastel, soft dice palette I've ever had, and I love it. All right, I got a 12 for one of them, a six for the other, and then I got a one. So (laughs) that's real exciting. You mean I get another free GM intrusion? You know, honestly, we're never going to get experience because you just get them for free all the time. All right. We're terrible. (laughs) Do you want me to roll strength checks to make sure I'm holding Tuna tightly? Don't give more opportunities for once. I I think you're fine. I'm going to hold on to my GM intrusion for a little while because there's more to come. So I want to get the two out. You do do a little extra damage on the third one, enough so that Tiuna has serious doubts about letting you continue because you have just cut her arm up pretty bad with the third one. So you know 
that was super painful because it's hard because those webs, I mean, your, your skin is like tissue paper as far as those webs are concerned. So I feel like Rylu is so young that the idea of this is terrifying. Like they're really confident in social social situations, but you put them in something where they have to like help help another person that's not themselves, and they're terrified. So like they're, I feel you're right about the confidence. Their hand is shaking a little bit at the first couple, and then they're like, "All right, I, I think I have this," and they pull, and it just comes out, and they just start like shaking again. <laughs> they're like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry." So how much damage did I take? Two points of damage, I think. Okay. You can put it between might or speed. Totally up to you. You can divide it half and half. I don't care. Do, do, do you want me to keep going? We're, we're halfway there. You, you, <sighs> I mean, you, you could let Hillian try. It's it's it, it's up to you. I mean, I, I I have pretty good fingers. They're big, but you know. Uh, I guess do, do one more and let's see how I feel. <laughs> All right. That's an 18. So that'll work. Yeah. And then... Gah! I think that's a 17. Cool. So both of those will give you minor effects. You can use those minor effects to mitigate the damage you did with the, the one. I was thinking for one of them, can I actually use it so where this... if yeah. this ha I, get, I get a better understanding yeah. of these webs. So if, uh, if it happens again, I'll know how to remove them a little bit better. Absolutely. Sure. Cool. You can absolutely put on your character sheet that you have a an asset as far as education for removing steel spider web. Perfect. <laughs> Fights. <laughs> totally cool. Can you go a little bit further to any sort of barb? No. No. <laughs> this is a very specific benefit. Well, it sounds like we're going to be screwed when we meet some mutant hedgehogs. I'll just get an asset again. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Have we found a way to transport these webs? You did that last time, right? Yeah, I, I was harvesting them somehow, but I'm going to be honest and say I don't remember how. I think you were these... weakening the connection points at the walls and digging them out. And I just, I said that you, you found a way to do it because the walls are a little crumbly. I think that was it. Yeah, I think I was like tearing at the walls a little bit. Oh, so were you just like tearing them down so we don't didn't get hurt, or were you actually harvesting them? Oh, I'm, I was harvesting them because I'm a weapons person, and these things are perfect for garroting people. Yeah, because that's these just like little one to three inch strands would probably come in handy. I mean, it's not so much garroting anymore as it is decapitating. That's yeah. actually very true. <laughs> Nose regulations, clean cuts. <laughs> yeah, they're really, really cool. So this is something that, like, if I can find a way to create an implant that out of a metal that's strong enough to, like, hold this, I would love to have this as, like, a weapon that I, like, not one that I would use all the time, but just, like, be able to shoot out a little strand of this. You, if you want, that's fine. You can hold on to them and try and collect stuff to do some crafting. That's fine. Yeah. I would give you that. Okay, yeah. I want to try to add some of these to the the pile, the harvest that... Rylu's already started so that I can try to figure out a way to implant these later. Put the steel filaments back into my body after you take them out. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you want to do in this very narrow hallway that you have been sitting in for about 10 minutes? Definitely get our weapons back. Cool. <laughs> so you collect your weapons and as you're walking, why don't all of you give me a perception check and see if you can beat a 15, so a, a difficulty level 5. 
If you can drop the steps, drop it by any steps, that's fine. Oh, well, Hillian made it. And Tuna made it. Hillian's very aware of things. Everyone except Rylu made it. And Rylu, Shocker. You, I mean, you missed it by one. Like, you're, <laughs> it's close enough. You notice that as you're walking down the hallway, there is this exit off to the right about, about 100 feet ahead of you. As you're walking along carefully and making sure that you're harvesting or cutting or doing whatever you're doing to the webs, that some of them are already cut and, you know, just hanging limply off to the sides of the wall. If you, since you rolled so well, at some point you can actually see one length that was obviously cut and it makes you think of uh, Williana and the gift that they got from Daxum that y'all had looked at. Yeah, the, this corridor here looks like, you know, maybe that's that's where Daxum has been through. I, I think if we're going to go anywhere, we should go through here. You know, a big question is, how, how did Daxum find this place? And how was he managing to cut these? We have nothing so far that can cut them, yet he managed to get through them so easily. There's um, definitely something going on here. Maybe he found out the way that you you pulled yours down from the wall. I mean, I don't, I don't know how it caught, but um, he was able to obtain it. It's very... We should continue forward. It looks like he came here quite often. Uh, this is the perfect way. Hillian, you are the tracker here. Um, perhaps you should take points? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Um, I, little Jacques, you just stay close, okay? I don't want you getting cut. And he squeaks and, you know, runs up onto my chest. Just kind of sits there. <laughs> okay. So I'm assuming you move forward to the junction? Yeah. Uh, and so I'll take point. Cool. And where is Tiuna going to be in this uh, lineup? Are you staying towards the middle or what is your plan? Yeah, Tiuna can stay toward the middle. So, and I'm like guarding the back end, I'm guessing. So you get to this juncture and you can either go to the right or to the left. If you want to do a perception check to see if there's anything that indicates which way to go, that's fine. If you want to just randomly pick, also fine. Perception's good. Okay. A 19. Yeah. So you definitely see that all of the indicators lead off to the right. And you notice that there are no more spider webs if you take this right turn. If you continue forward, you see that the they are getting just a little bit thicker. And it probably indicates that's where the spider webs are, the spiders are web, the steel spiders are nesting. Your call which way you want to go. But, Hellion, you also notice that the traffic down this hallway looks like it's more than just one person. Like, it doesn't look like just Daxum was in here. And you can't tell if they were that whoever else was in here was in here at the same time, but you can definitely tell someone else has been in this area besides y'all and Daxum. Well, if you, if you look ahead, you can see that the, the spiders are probably all nested there. Um, I don't know about you all, but I, I really don't think that we should go there. Um, it doesn't seem safe to me. Agreed. Yeah, I would, I would love to avoid them if we can. It, there's no reason to repeat that incident. Uh, I mean, if, if anyone has a compelling argument for going forward, I mean, it's, it's fine. We, we can try. But yeah, 
Uh, let's go towards where other people have been. And it looks like a lot of people have been through here. Like, a lot. Yeah, that that seems like a good place to try to get some of our questions answered. We, yeah. better, we better keep our weapons ready. We never know what we're going to find here. In places like this, these ruins of the old, with Daxum being down here and what happened to him, it could be dangerous. More dangerous. So, the hallway is still illuminated with that green light that you're seeing everywhere. And, I mean, it doesn't impact on your sight very much. It's just kind of, it just puts a weird overlay on stuff. And as you're walking through, you just see that the hallway is kind of labyrinthine and really interesting. Like, there are handholds all along the wall. So, like, if you decided you wanted to climb the wall, you could. It doesn't look like it takes you anywhere. It's just a tube kind of wall. But it's just a really interesting thing that you can see that if you needed to for whatever reason you could start there are handholds all over the place they're much higher than you would expect like they're probably about seven to eight feet up on the wall so you would have to reach up for them if you wanted but as you're walking through there's nothing else on the ground there's nothing else really to see the road splits off to the right and then you can continue forward and there are just a couple of uh, pathways that you can take determining where you're going to go. Do you want to keep going forward? Looking at the map, there are several Y junctions. Do you have a direction you would choose to go? There are no, you are not seeing any webbing. You don't even have to roll because it looks like it's all clear. And it looks like, you know, all of these areas are fairly well traveled at this point. So I feel like Rylu would be kind of tracing their finger along the walls of this um, uh, hallway. Trying to examine the footholds and handholds to to gather what they're for. Um, mm-hmm. I would have I would have checked for traps already, but you said we walked through and we were fine. So, mm-hmm. um, could I roll like a knowledge history check? I don't even know what that would be it in Numenera. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why Riley would know this, but maybe I mean they heard that story. They've done some reading. Maybe they'll. Oh, that's a big old two. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Rylu recognizes that they are protrusions of some sort that could be handholds, but has no idea what they could be for or why they're there or has never heard anything about this place. But, um, yeah. I think uh, Hillian's been foraging enough and has been wandering enough in, in, in his life that maybe he might have knowledge of how ruins are laid out. So he's going to roll an intellect check and we'll find out if this matches one of those patterns. That's two. I do not need two. The first one is an eight. Yep. So I would say no. No. <laughs> you do not. But you are feeling pretty confident that the there are no immediate dangers. And okay. that it's pretty obviously obvious that the steel spiders are not something to be afraid of in this area where you currently are. Right. You know, if... All of the webs are cleared from here because they are everywhere else in the city. And it looks like large groups are coming through here. It's it's possible that there is some sort of beings living down here besides the spiders. What are we going to do if we run into them? I guess try to talk to them. Isn't that your whole thing? <laughs> it might be my whole thing, but living in such a new Monera-infested environment could mean that they are not the friendliest of individuals. I mean... Uh, I'm still willing to try to talk to them first. Yeah. Attack. 
I think I have some eggs in my pack I could share with them. I mean, food always makes people happy. Yeah, we can try to just, like, travel quietly. And if we see someone else, we'll try to make sure we see them before they see us and see what we can figure out from observing them. If we feel like we need to avoid them, I think we can cross that bridge when we come to it. Well, we do have the best scouter in, this, in the beyond with us, so... And then Rylu, like, pats Hillian on the back. You're always so nice to me, Rylu. <laughs> Tuna rolls her eyes super hard, but she makes sure Hillian can't see it. <laughs> can't even be nice to my friends with an S. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are you going forward? Are you taking a left? Those are your two choices at this point. Uh, I think Hillian would probably lead them forward. <laughs> okay. I mean, realistically, there's no distinguishing marks either way, and if we can't see the map, I always say stick to a wall anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as you go forward, you will come to this uh, break in the road, and it sort of T-junctions off in both directions. The, you notice to the right that the light seems to indicate it's sort of a dead end, and to the left, it sort of curves around. But you're not certain about that dead end. You just know that the, the light seems really bright and you don't see any any way forward from there, from where you're standing. Well, uh, I'm the most out of my element here, so. Yeah. Uh, Hillian will roll another perception check. Sure. Matt 20. Awesome. So at the end where the light is, you see it looks like some weird, maybe, I guess about three feet wide, sections of wall sort of bend out and start twisting, sort of like like a goat's horn. And you can see, as you move closer, because that's what you're going to be doing to with your natural 20, that those hand holds and footholds actually sort of connect off to another hallway over to the left. But it's a really hmm. weird, like you, it's, it's almost like you're at a kid's fun play, play place where they have like the, the things that you can sort of like rock climb over and boulder your way across. But it just mm-hmm. seems like a natural progression for this end of the hallway. And it's just brightly lit so people can see the hand and footholds really well. And that's what you're finding over here. All right. Well, I guess we climb from here. Climbing. With her arm damaged. Yeah, I might need some assistance if we're going with climbing. Mm-hmm. So you do notice that it appears that the areas that you've been in that are enclosed are suspended over a pretty far drop. Like if you look over for the bouldering, it's just inky blackness below you where the green light sort of dissipates. Like you cannot see anything down there after the green and so it's like you're basically on the edge of a cliff with a three foot wide twisting bridge with hand and footholds that you have to use to cross over to another platform that has an entryway that's about an eight foot oval that brings you into another one of the hallways where are we well, we're in a ruin, you see. I don't know if you remember a little bit way back, but we went through this tree trunk and um, we saw some steel <laughs> spiders. And uh, Tuna managed to kill one of them and then she got her arm bit. Um, and that's where you pulled out the... Fi- Do you remember this? <laughs> oh, you sweet summer child. Thank you, Hillian. That was very useful. 
but now we're at this climbing wall, and you now I don't, I don't want to leave Tuna here. I, I really hate going back, but if we have to go back, we have to go back. Um, can is there any way for us to tell if there's another entrance to that other side from where we are? What you can see is looking at the map. There is a ten foot climb over to this space. There's the oval entryway, and you can see that there's a hallway off to the right. So you would assume that there is a way to get there from another hallway. And then to the left, you see another what could be hallway or other space that from your where you're at, you can just tell that the oval lets you go in two directions. You don't really know. You're explorers. What, it would you, what do you do? And just so you know, you all know that Rylu has a healing sword because you were all present when Hillian found it. That, that, that's the thing. <laughs> Riley, can you remind us what the deal with your healing sword is? Well, if you hold it, you press this button on the side and it'll inject you with a little bit of a healing concoction. And it may or may not run out. I'm not quite sure how many uses it has. But if you need it, then here. And uh, Riley will hand it on over. Well... <laughs> I right now I just have an injured arm, which like with some rest, you know, it it's not the end of the world. If possible, I'd like to save that for a more life-threatening injury. Like if we need to, we can try to go find another way to get into this room. It's a one on a one D ten. I mean, for it to not work anymore. What's the big deal? <laughs> I feel like we're being trapped right now, and honestly. <laughs> I'm leaving it up to the group because I feel like Rylo can climb this, but I know Tuna may not be able to. Tuna, do you feel like you could climb? It, it might take you a little longer, but... I mean, I feel like I can climb and it will just take me longer, but I also don't... I mean, sometimes I hear this disembodied voice that <laughs> just, like, seems <laughs> to want me to die, and I don't know how that voice is going to feel. You know, you should talk to somebody about that. <laughs> I think they call it existential dread. <laughs> yeah, existential dread sounds about right. <laughs> if you want to attempt this, it is a might roll. Uh, which one of you would you say is the better climber? Trained in climbing. Yeah, that'd be that would be Rilu. <laughs> okay. Would you mind if I tie this indestructible scarf around our waist <laughs> so that if I kind of start to lose my grip a little bit, you, I mean, it might be long enough for us to tie all three of us together and then we can kind of anchor each other or possibly just use it to pull all of us down to our death. Sounds like an idea to kill all of us. <laughs> or how about this? So how long does my scarf cover it? We have not determined, but I mean, you have used it to literally pull yourself up into a tree. So I'm going to give you a Doctor Who length scarf. <laughs> Excellent. How about this? How about if you climb across with the scarf like tied to you or just like attached to in some way so you don't drop it with one length, one side of it. And then once you're across and stable, we'll just use that as an anchor for me, for me to climb across after you. But you'll yeah. have the scarf to hold on to if I fall. That sounds like a plan. And maybe you can find something to tie it off to on the other side so that it's not anchored just to you. That sounds like a better plan. As we all know, trained, yes. Strongest, not really. Yeah. 
So maybe both of you should climb over and that way you'll have Hillian's strength and your thing Whatever. that you're presumably useful at and then help <laughs> me get over. <laughs> I, I could be right behind you and just make sure that if you do fall, I could react. I mean, I got quick reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> Riley will bat their eyes at you and go, always nice to know when you're depending on me. <laughs> <laughs> I That's... I like that idea, Hillian, but I'd rather not risk like dragging you down with me if I fall, which is why I like the idea of you going over first and then like just holding on to the scarf. Tuna would hate to kill you, Hillian. It'd be a real issue for her. It's true, Hillian. <laughs> I care so much about you and I just worry about I worry about hurting you. Riley will start climbing. <laughs> <laughs> you all are the most thoughtful people. It really touches me. Right, Just so wait. One day, Hillian's going to be like, Mom and Dad are fighting. It's a difficulty three. You have to roll a nine or better. You're trained, so that drops it down to a six or better for you. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so I'm trained in climbing. I have nothing else that can help me. I'm also, afraid. make sure that you have, like, the scarf attached to you. <laughs> we'll see. We'll maybe. I don't know I'm about accepting it. that that is the plan. You're going with the plan. It's I'll, I'll fashionably flip it over my shoulder. You just have one part of it attached so that I'm holding onto the other side so we don't have to try to like throw it over this opening. <laughs> I don't want to die. I use my GM intrusion so that when you flip it over, there's a piece of spider webbing still caught on it. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, I will also use uh, a little bit of effort so I don't die. Because he, let's be honest, we all know that I could easily roll below a six because it's me. All right. So that gives you a three as your turn. Yes. All right. Let's do it. And you got an 18. Hey! Hey! You climb over with dexterity, and you get a uh, minor effect. So what do you want your minor effect to be as far as you're climbing over and you have this scarf? Can there be uh, something on the other side that I can actually anchor this to, so that way Tiuna has uh, like an asset or something to her climb? Absolutely. So yeah, so I'll climb over, and when I reach the other side, I'll say that there's um, like maybe a, a, a chunk of the wall that's like a, a little loose or something. And maybe, maybe there's a hole in the wall. And so I'll lace the scarf through and I'll tie it off. Sounds like a plan. Come on over. The water's fine. Uh, all right. Hillian, do you want to follow right behind me so you can try to help me if I start to fall? Yeah, I like that plan. That's a good plan. All right. Uh, so yeah, Tina will make sure the scarf is just like secured around her so that if she starts to fall, the scarf has her. All right, with the scarf, we'll count that as dropping it down to a difficulty level two. So you have to roll a six or better, but because you're injured, you have to roll twice mm. because you're putting a lot of strain on that injured arm. Ooh. 19, Ooh. you know what? I will say that you did so well, you do not need to roll a second time. Yes. Across just fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? For that, I think you can even pull Hillian over because you're going so fast. Unless Hillian yes. has to make the roll. <laughs> I, I think Hillian will roll just for, you know, just to make sure they don't get a one. All right. That's cool. a 14. Okay. So I'll make it across. With your 19, You. what else do you want? You, you, you rolled really well. You can have a minor effect as well as not having to roll twice. Wow. I was, for some reason, I was sure I was going to roll very poorly and that I was going to fall to my death. This is all very unexpected. Riley was 100% going to taunt you if you didn't die, but you did have problems. Yeah. Let me just figures. say, this scarf has been the best tool you 
you have had this entire campaign. Holy smokes, do you use the yeah. scarf more than anything else? Can I investigate the, like, climbing cold to see if that's something that we can use to help with, like, future climbs as we're going through this? Uh, sure. Thing. Thank you. That's what, that's what I want to do for my minor effect to see if that climbing cold can be used uh, in future climbs, because I imagine there'll be more climbing in this cavern. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots more. I, I think you all can find diff- definitely find ways that you can make this work. So, sure. Yes. Okay. What you found, you can redo. It is totally Perfect. Possible. All right. So once you get into this hallway, you notice to the left, there's a rather large room. And it seems to be in really great shape. There's a lot of just open space. And it's really hard to tell what this was used for. But you do notice that it's sort of domes. So it's a rectangular dome shape. And there are hand and footholds all the way up with like little alcoves that something could climb into. But when I say little alcoves, I mean big alcoves. I mean, like they're they're for something that would at least be 10 feet tall. Like they are huge. And the hand and footholds are, there are a lot of them. And you, you know, it looks like they just made it to where you could just climb from one side, one wall all the way across the roof if you could maintain your weight and down the other side. Like, and there are just little alcoves everywhere that things could climb into. Do you all think the Daxum came this way? I, I don't know the boy, of course, but it seems that this, this is for creatures perhaps not unlike the ones that the villagers turned into with multiple hands. It, I'm concerned that what we're getting into here is a lot more than we expected. I mean, with Numenera, you can always get into more than what you expect. I mean, uh, something that powerful comes from something this strange, I think. Yeah, this uh, seems like a lot, but what, what say you go check out one of those alcoves up there to see if there's anything to be found in them? I can send little Jacques up there. He likes to climb and he likes little alcoves. Though Those are more like palaces to him. You'll never get rid of me that easily, darling. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody wants you to go away, Rylu. Oh, of course not. Oh, Riley's poor little feelers. (laughs) I have a friend at least. (laughs) And then someone who uses me. (laughs) So are you going into the room? Are you going down the hallway? Are you exploring the room? What are you doing? I think we enter the room, it sounded like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Going into the room, Hillian will roll a perception check. We'll perceive things. Yeah. Not as good as normal, but... Yeah, so you find some detritus around the edges, detritus, I'm not sure which is the best way to say it. And it's all stuff that you're like, huh, okay. Like you find a cup that has like three handholds and is, for us, would be like a championship trophy sized thing. Like it's large and this is broken. It's just in pieces. And you find this weird wedge-shaped plate that has a sort of a funnel tip on one corner and then the other is just a flat plate like thing and you're not sure what it would be used for but you just find all of these little broken things that indicate this was it could have been like a restaurant meeting a communal food place you don't know it's just a, a room and it seems to have broken eating utensils and drinking cups 
or much larger creatures than y'all. Is there any sign of Daxamir, Hillian? I, obviously it looks messy, but are we on his path? That I don't know. I mean, this looks like a whole other village. And, you know, with your nine, you don't know if Daxam has been through here, but you can tell that someone's been through and picked through stuff. Like, everything is, it's just kind of strewn about, but it does look like someone had picked through the space. Can we see if any of the, like, objects left behind are strong enough to, uh, that they wouldn't be damaged by the spider web? Go for it. I guess just, like... <laughs> Grab the web between uh, the unbreakable scarf and... Yeah, just, like, through. just kind of, like, go to town on things. You like, gently. All the things. You break I mean, <laughs> just sort of, like, go af after edges a little bit, so I'm you not are. just, like, destroying this room. I picture you, like, Link in... <laughs> <laughs> Where Luke's just using this as like just a like whip. waving it around like a lasso and like yeah. swiping it at everything I see. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you'll rip, you'll rip my arm. I'll rip everything. <laughs> yeah. Wingardium Leviosa. There is <laughs> there is nothing in here that can survive the webbing at this point. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, if is uh, does it look like this was disturbed by the whole group recently? You said that many people have come here. Is that a recent thing, or does it look like it's been a while since there have been a large amount of people here? Uh, I mean, it doesn't look like anybody's been here for a little while at the very least. And it's been several months since D Daxon was down here, so I, it's hard to tell. So All right, well, I think we should continue forward after uh, Jacques goes into those alcoves and sees what's up. Well, and like Jacques can come back and tell you, sure. <laughs> Isn't Jacques a squirrel? Sort of, yeah. I, I not that, that Riley was bought into this, though. Of course, Jacques will send, Jacques is the perfect recon. Let's go. Hillian 100% talks to Jacques. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or at least thinks that he does. Okay, Jacques does not need to make a roll. Jacques gets up. Jacques comes back when you call them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything come out of the alcoves? No, nothing. Uh, just Jacques. Does Jacques bring spiders. anything with them? Roll a percentile dice. Let's go high. Okay, roll 2d10. 66. 66, high. Sure, they come down with another piece of broken pottery. Oh, that that's a cute little cup that you got there. I don't know that it's going to be very useful, though. So, that's what you got. Um, I'll just... Why not? Uh, Riley, Riley will take a look around the room. Um... Realistically, there's probably not a whole lot going on here, but maybe we can find which direction Daxum went. So that's going to be what? Intellect? Yeah. All right, cool. I'm just going to do a straight roll because I'm not that invested. Oh, not bad. Yeah, 15. There's nothing really to indicate who was in this room. You, okay. It's obvious that someone has picked through the stuff. You can't possibly know who. There are exits to the left and right. And it does not look like there's anything particularly special in this room, but it does look like it was an eating hall of some sort. The exit to the right is the one you came in on, so you have the climbing <laughs> area that you used and more hallway. And then to the left, there is a hallway that uh, branches off to the south, and then there's another hole which has a climbing thing that seems to go a lot further than the last one but you'd have to go over and look at it to get an idea of where it would take you 
Well, so far we followed the right wall. I'd say we go back to where we started and keep going that way. From the cities, I know how easy it is to get lost. And this very well seems like a city. Basically, you just see a winding hallway in front of you. There are no webs. You don't see anything except the hand and footholds, which just seem to be endemic to this area. They are absolutely everywhere. This is a basically a 10-foot around circle. So, you know, you're walking. You would just be walking down this hallway. As you can see, there's some twists and turns. It goes right and left and left and then right and right and... As you follow it along, it's surprisingly clean and just uncluttered. Like this is, it's almost like a, like something you'd see in like uh, a movie where people are going through like the, the large, like what are they called? The Jesse tubes or whatever on the ship. Sort of the engineering duct spaces, but oh, yeah. really, really large. So Can, as we're walking down, um, I'm going to roll an intellect check for cultures to see if I recognize this as like a cultural thing or like a, so, so I can get some sort of sense of maybe what the settlement means. Sure, if this is outside of anything you have been exposed to to date. So this is going to be a pretty hard check. Mm -hmm. I make it a level seven check, which is formidable, which is a 21. You have to be able to drop it in order to get any information on this because this is not a thing that you would have any exposure to. I'm going to expend one effort. All right. Seeing the effects of the Numenera on the populace and the footholds trying to infer or to do something, can I drop it by one more level? Sure. Why not? Go for it. You have a level five, so a 15 or better is what you need. Okay. A 10. All right. So it didn't, well, it didn't apply the effort, but that's fine. <clears throat> oh, actually, I just rolled. I didn't actually roll it with a skill. Okay. Well, the skill I dropped the the skills basically just mark what the what your roll is. You rolled a ten, and we'd already dropped it down to a fifteen that you needed to hit. Is that right? Anyway, yeah, you're right. Okay. So as far as you're, cont I mean, I think you have something niggling in the back of your mind that this. It makes sense what you're seeing, that this could have something to do with what's happened to the village. You know that Daxum has been in here, um, but this does seem logical in its in its way. Does anybody else find it strange that that device, that device waited until Daxum got to the village to go off or to be used? I feel like this seems a lot more intentional than I originally thought. I, I figured it was an accident, but if Daxum carried it from here, then it seems significantly more intentional. I I don't know that it was intentional on Daxum's part, but it does seem like there's more to this Numenera than we can really claim to understand at this point. I agree. This is a big mystery in general. This is an interesting area to be in. Um... It's not like anything I've ever seen. And as you're going through this hallway, it is becoming very steep. Like you're actually going to have to start using some of the handholds and footholds to move up because it's going at not quite a 45 degree angle as you're going through the twists and turns, but it is going, you can tell it is going very high. Uh, about how far have we gone? Probably gone a good 
100, 120 feet so far, and it is just getting more and more steep. It is, it's either continue going up or turn around and go back to the cafeteria. Well, the only way to find out what's happening here is to go forward. The ancient cafeteria. <laughs> um, all right, so as we continue forward, I guess uh, Hillian will roll another perception check as they enter new areas. Yeah, you're, you're just not finding anything significant as you're going through. It seems like this is just a very steep hallway of some sort. Cool. Um, they'll go around the next bend. Yeah, at the next bend, you, you see that the light gets a little brighter to the right than to the left, which, you know, is interesting because it is... Everywhere else, it's pretty consistent, but it does seem to be getting brighter as you move forward and to the right. Uh, I just think maybe we should continue going towards, you know, wherever we find light. Uh, that seems to be the way that it, it would be good to go. Yes, yeah, sticking to the right has worked so far. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Hillian, as you come around this final bend, you see the hallway opens up and it turns into this rectangular space with no walls, but lots of what look like almost rib cage of those spiral climbing portions of the wall. And they each sort of go up into just different seating areas. And there is a circle in the very center of the space that is open all the way up through. So there's like seats around the ribcage comes up and they're into a circle at the top that has like a 10 foot diameter hole in the center and there are seats all around that for some you know, crazy tall building beings. And then all of those handholds seem to have different areas where beings could hold on to. And it looks like a just a really giant meeting space, but it is completely open air except for these ribcage-like appendages of climbing walls. Yeah, um, I think Hillian, um, as they enter, or as he enters the room, will again roll perception just to see what they can see. Yeah. And being that it is interesting, um, they're going to expend effort. Uh, allow me to say you don't actually need to roll anything just yet. If okay. you walk in and you want to explore, what you see is through those walls, roughly every 10 feet, you can see the entire city laid out below you in cascading arcs down. So it looks like you're at the highest point of the city. And through all those rib cages, you can see other open air uh, platforms with more rib-like appendages that just sort of are interconnected with more of those sort of open sky bridges and enclosed hallways that just it spans miles miles and miles and miles so you see all of that in the room you're in in the center you see some raised dioceses i mean on this one and then if you look to your if you're facing into the room so facing south you can see there's another hallway that looks like it connects to another platform that's probably about 20 feet below the one you're in and you see more platforms down there that all seem to have they're, they're not 
tables per se. They're not consoles, but they seem to be something Numenera based. And both platforms have different things that you can look at, little um, artifacts. But roughly in these areas that I'm circling, they're about 15 to 20 feet sort of spaces. There are some sort of console or Numenera based things that you can explore and look at if you would like. So as we walk in, um, Riley looks around and goes, this really carks me. I don't, I don't like what's going on here. What? This whole civilization is just gone. Whatever these beings were, whether they look like the village or not, something bad happened here. I mean, yeah, lots of civilizations have been wiped out. That's that's not uncommon. This this could have happened recently or it could have happened centuries, millennia ago. This could have happened at any time. I think the more concerning thing is that it's clear people have been through here recently because it seems like whoever these people were, they've been long gone but someone's been in here looking at things, and that, I think, is the bigger concern. It's kind of our job to search these husks of old civilizations to, you know, help further our own. I, I, I don't mean to quote, you know, the book at you, but it's kind of our job. <laughs> really? You two may have a job. I'm here by, I'd say, indentured servitude, if anything else. This is not normal for me. I'm back from the city, but... Like you said, I guess it is more disturbing that Daxum has been here recently and, and other people. You said it's not just one. Who else could he have been bringing here? I mean, there were lots of spiders. It could have been spiders. It's also, we don't know for sure that it was Daxum bringing someone else here because how did he find this place? It could be that someone else, and with all the stuff here, with as much as, you know, it's been picked over, it could be that it's been Daxum coming in and out of here for a long time, or it could be that someone else has been using this place for a long time and then Daxum found it. We have and, no idea what's going on. And there could be other mystery door trees. Who knows? That's very true. Tiana wants to go to one of the consoles and scan it. Go to it. All right, so you're coming to the first one that is on the southeast side of the main, the, the topmost building. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go ahead and roll. Um, with my scan ability, I can, it always reveals its level and whatever facts the GM feels are pertinent about the matter and energy in this area. Mm -hmm. So a measure of how powerful, dangerous, or difficult it is. All right, so when you scan, you don't actually have to roll. It's just you, you get this. Mm -hmm. You scan this spot, and you can tell that... This is definitely something Numenera-based, that there are lots of touchpad sort of things that you could try out, but you have no idea what they mean. They have all of these symbols on them that you can do an investigation check, an intellect check, to see if you can learn more about them and find any similarities. But this looks like some sort of console you don't know what it does. Um, yeah, can I use my understanding Numenera skill for an intellect check? Yeah, you can use that and your book. You can use both of them to attempt to do this. If you want to work with Hillian or if Hillian's doing something different, that's fine. Yeah, I want to check this out too. I'll come over and help. Okay. Huh. So the two of you working together. Can you remind me, do I need to like 
modify anything before I roll for the book or just click the Understanding Numenera to roll? Just click the Understanding Numenera and based on the roll. Oh. Yeah, you do not get anything really great from that. It's, it's you know, buttons. There are buttons on here with symbols. I mean, there, there's just lots of buttons, but maybe I, 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 I'll check it out. Not that much better. No, and it does not tell you much about the buttons. You do notice that they seem to be in groupings of threes. You do notice that. And that makes sense since we figured this is the civilization of three-armed beings. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know much about all this, but why would they have a device that transforms, that makes people look like them? Why would this civilization have, have had such a thing? Is that something either of you have come across before? During without, my trades, I haven't. Without examining the device itself, it would be difficult to say because it could be the device was created to make other creatures look like them, or it could be that the device was invented to heal them. And if that's the case, a device that was invented to heal something would make them look as close to how they should as possible. So it would just be a side effect that it turned other people into it. So there's so many different things that could be at play here. It's it, it could also be the case that like this species was infertile or was having trouble repopulating. And so they made something that would turn any organic matter into one of them and they never intended to use it to harm people and they used it on like other creatures or something like that. There's so many options here. It's so difficult to say something like that. You did say that it's similar to the Iron Wind. So I think that your healing, your healing uh, theory actually makes the most sense. So if that's the case, will there be anything? Do you Have you seen anything that might change them back? I mean, you know, you don't want me getting near any of this. I mean, the villagers look very healthy. So, I mean... They, they got that going for them. <laughs> I certainly like this. If we were going to find something to change them back, it seems like this would be the place to do it. Or if we can find a room in the city where they maybe made that device, that would be the place to find it. If we could find and decipher notes of some sort. Um, but certainly I think our best bet at this point is to keep investigating and just see what we can figure out, see if we can find any other similar devices and maybe study those without activating them. So Rylu is actually going to uh, to do a perception check around to see if this area has also been disturbed and they're going to apply a level of effort. Okay. With your seven, what you discover is very surface level stuff, but you see that this area is pristine, absolutely untouched by any sort of dust or wear and tear. Like this stuff looks almost new, just foreign. Like you, you don't understand it, but it is, it looks almost like new. I don't know if any of you've noticed, but there's nothing here marking signs of age. I mean, this could have been built yesterday. Does that mean anything to either of you? Um, I, I, I don't know. It, being that there's no one here, uh, it, it could just be that this area is protected. How tall are y'all? Fit. Okay. Yeah, 5'10", 5'8", average. 5'8"-ish. So these things are roughly at the height of your chest to chin, depending on how tall you are. So like the consoles, your your hands are up around where your chin is to be able to look at and sort of manipulate them. Like it is no easy task. Well, 
Well, I think before we keep doing this, I think we should continue forward. I mean, I know that you both know a lot about the Snooman era, but I would hate to set things off and cause more trouble before we have explored more. Uh, definitely we need to try to find some sort of workshop or lab. Like the like I said, if we can find the place where that device was created, we might be able to find a way to reverse it. I mean, if, if we, we can barely get up on these tables ourselves, I doubt that Daxum, you know, got the Numenera from here either. That's a good point, unless he was working with someone. Yeah, but they were very, very clear that people didn't venture into other people's areas. You know, Adelole was quick to jump to blame other people for this, and if I remember correctly, he didn't take too kindly to us questioning him at all about anything. Is it do you think it's possible that Adelole was the one that was here with Daxum? Not that day, but in general? Um, I suppose that's possible, but I think it's worth trying to get through this area and see what we can find here before we go back out and ask around again. Well, at least we know we're in the, ra- we're in the right place. I guess let's keep going. Yeah, is there... Uh, could I do just another like perception or something to see if there's anything else that seems useful in this room? Sure. Uh, with an 11, looking around, the controls don't appear here to really have anything, but you can see down the 20 feet to the one below you, and looking at it from a different angle from where Hillian was, you can see that two of the raised areas could be beds of some sort, or dissection tables, or something. But they look, they, they do not look like consoles, but they do look like something different. Um, it looks like there's something down on that next platform that maybe we should check out. It could just be beds, but it, it could also be a lab of some sort. Yeah, yeah I, I think our best bet's forward. Though, you know, if I were Daxum, I'd, I'd search every place over here. That's a good point. I'm sure if Daxum made his way into here, he probably... Did a pretty thorough job clearing it out, looking for things that he could take back to the village. No, well, the the only thing that we heard about, you know, besides the the filament wire thing, was the thing that you know killed him. Yeah, but it, and it sounds like he's been coming to this place for months, so he probably brought plenty of things back to the village from here. That's that's a interesting thought. It, well, it, intense thought. Well, he may not have actually found anything else worthwhile. I mean, if you think of it, we really haven't found much here besides the spiders. And I mean, I don't know how many of those he had to face down or how he would have, but he that may have been the first thing that he found besides the filament. It, it could be that that was the first thing he found, or it could be that he was coming to this place for so long that he cleared out everything useful. Where would he have kept it? It's nothing left at his parents' house. I mean... If I were a kid, and I'm just saying, I, I would probably try to find a little hidey hole, a little place that's just my own and hide things in it that I thought were cool. That's a good point. That could be the case, a combination of that. And I thought the whole point of selling the kids out was to bring useful things back to the village. So he may not have kept it at home. He may have given it to to his friends or to Adelale or someone. But yeah, I think looking for a hidey hole and continuing to explore makes sense. All right, let's go forward and see if we can solve this. It's getting weirder by the second. All right, so Hillian makes their way down uh, the corridor into the next room that we were looking over. All right. If you want to do a simple perception check in a second, that's cool. Right now, what you see are... All right, you can do the perception check right now. That's cool. 
you right now, what you see are these three raised dioceses, the two that are closest to you on the southern, east, and west side of this raised dais are gigantic and oddly shaped. They're about 30 feet long by 25-ish feet across in uh, sort of an L and a reversed L-shaped pattern. You can sort of see on them, there, there appear to be a couple of little buttons and and things on there that you could interact with but again it's got that script that you don't understand you do see about 60 feet up in the chamber a sort of a, a ladder or stepping stool thing that's about five feet tall that is near the raised dais at the north central area of the room is it made of the same material that everything else is made of here, or is this significantly out of place? It's out of place. It looks it looks like something you all would find in the village or at in any city. Just like it's like a little ladder, but it's it's not made out of any special material. It actually looks like it's made from the same wood that the beams of the huts are made out of, because you can see the little fossils sort of winking in the green light. Um. Hey, can one of you help me with this? And Tiana wants to go get the ladder and try to push it up against the like southeastern platform so that she can get a better look at what's on top of it there. But probably can't move the ladder by herself with her injured arm. Shall we? I was gonna say, yeah, I, I can help. Well, if that's where, well, if the ladder's over here, shouldn't we check up here first because that's most likely where Daxon went? Uh, yeah, yeah right. sure. Do, do you want to go up there? Uh, it's. Sure. <laughs> and uh, and I'll climb on up. All right. Do you want to do a quick exploration? Sure. Um, well, question. Are there handholds on this one? On the ladder? No, on, on the, uh, like on these dioceses, are there handholds? All of them have sort of that rib cage light. All of the open dioceses that you're coming up on, dioceses, have that those rib cage-like walls that are hand and footholds, you know, crawling all up them. But any of them that have those for walls will en enable you to look out over the entire city and see how large it is, where there are open pathways, where there are closed pathways. It, it basically lets you see the entire area that you were in. But the actual like uh, platforms themselves don't have handholds because they would have been just tall enough, that whatever these creatures are. Like these these platforms in the center, because you're talking about the rib cages along the walls, right? That like would be quote unquote walls. Yes. But okay. Th these are just flat surfaces that they can just walk on. So there's no okay for a hand or a foothold to be on the flat surface. I think Riley would actually uh, defer and let uh, let Tiuna have their way because they're better with this Numenera stuff. So where are you going? I'm following Tiuna and uh, Hillian. It's probably best for Riley not to stray too far in these types of situations. Okay, where is Tiuna and Riley taking the ladder? Where are you going? So yeah, Tiuna will just go for the the platform that's closest to where the ladder was originally and just see what's on top of it. See if there's anything up there that looks interesting or useful. Sure, let's get a investigation check. Just so just intellect. You're exploring Numenera, so you're welcome to use whatever you want to drop the difficulty down. Um, Yeah, I'd like to use my understanding Numenera skill and my um, Numenera book. All right, so that'll make it a, a target number 12. Uh, and I guess I'd like to expend some effort because now we're kind of like in it and looking for things. Sure. Well, you 
hit it. You went, you got a 15 out of the 12 you needed. So yeah, you climb this ladder and you look at the top here and you actually see just a piece of paper that has some of the symbols translated that seem to indicate what would be necessary to operate this machine. On the machine that you're at, you see two basically arms with clamps on the end that are empty. It has a bunch of dials and buttons and stuff, and you can see sort of a, almost like a recipe for clicking the buttons to do something, but you don't know what it does. And uh, there are a couple of weights holding it down. Why don't you do a very simple Numenera check to see if you know what the weights are? It's a difficulty six. Perfect. It looks like half of an expended cipher. And if you want to look at it a little bit more closely, I can give you more information. If not, that's fine. Um, yeah, Tiana, I think, would definitely be trying to sense the presence of the use of any Numenera in this situation and maybe trying to scan it to get as much information as, as she possibly can from whatever sure. this is. So basically what you found is this table with the recipe or some sort of something that just shows you what buttons that correspond to the symbols on the paper. And what's holding it down is half of a force cube projector cipher. Is it possible for Tiana to tell how recently it's been used? Sure. You'd, I think you'd have to roll again for that kind of information because I don't think an eight would really give you that. Oh, I was wondering if I would do that with like my scan ability. I don't know if scan would do that. But the I scan, roll. I think the scan would just tell you that this is an expended piece of uh, a cipher. Yeah, with a two, uh, I'm sorry, a part of, it's a broken force cube projector. Mm-hmm. Well, half of a broken force cube projector. Right. Is there anything else on um, up here that Tuna can see? Not a thing. Okay. Tuna will get down and just sort of like quickly explain everything that she saw up there and say, uh, there, there are directions to start this machine, it looks like, but I would prefer not to do that. Um, let's see what's on these other platforms before we decide our next step. Yeah, it's very, very clear that yeah, this is probably where Daxon was, and whatever the new Monero was that he used was probably up there. Yeah, I think that's very possible. We might... I'd really prefer not to start that machine to see what it does. No, uh, no, no. Yeah, no. that seems like a bad idea. But maybe we can get more information on these other machines. If, if he was in this room and translating things, maybe he also looked at these other... looked at other things in here and, and left some notes behind. Yeah, uh, it could be useful. Well, if this is a lab of some sort, it's possible that he manufactured that device that he had on his own. And he, like you said, if it's some sort of medicine, he thought that he created a cure. We might have to use some of the machines in here to manufacture something to fix it. Of course, not right now. I'm just saying we shouldn't rule out the possibility. Yeah, certainly I'm not ruling out the possibility. I would just rather explore everything before we go with that option, because that certainly seems like the most dangerous option to just like start using machines when we don't know what they do. What? Uh no. I'm sure if anyone could do it, Rylu could do it. He seemed very confident when he was talking with Edelole. I'm sure if anyone could do it, Rylu would be I'm the sorry. last person. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm sure that, you know, they, they were very confident when they were talking with Edelole. I'm, I'm sure if anyone could do it, Rylu would be the last person we should ask to try. You know, honestly, I just feel as though my talents are useful elsewhere. 
<laughs> Agreed. You're just super talented. I'm so happy that we're together as a team. You know, honestly, Helene, it's always such a joy to travel with you. <laughs> um, so Tiana will go to the uh, platform at the southeast corner of the room and try to exam do the same thing, basically just like get up on the ladder and see what she can see. Sure. Before you do that real quick, did you bring down any of the the translation and stuff to show people or? Oh yeah, she grabbed the paper but left everything else alone. Okay. So you come over to this other platform and you climb up and it looks like uh, it looks like nothing you've actually seen, but you can sort of deduce it looks like a medical table of some sort. There are a bunch of tools. There's that you could not tell what they do. And they are actually attached to the table. Like if you were to try to pick them up, they have, it's like the dentist, you know, suction thing, how it's got the attachment to the compressor or whatever they use. So everything is sort of attached in that way. You could probably find a way to detach them if you wanted to, but nothing really super useful in that regard. There are no dead bodies. There's no, there's nothing really to find here. It's actually pretty pristine and, you know, it does have like sort of like modesty sections where, you know, there's sort of like a flexible material that's not, it doesn't, it's not like cloth that you know, but it's like a flexible material that, you know, someone could drape over themselves, but that's about it. Okay. Does it look like there's anything actually like useful or Numenera related on these tables or on this table? I mean, there are a few buttons that, you know, you could activate and see what happens. And I mean, it looks like if, if you look over to the other one, they look like mirror images of each other, basically. You just don't know what they do. But they do have little blinking lights and buttons and, and such on them. But no levers. Not a single lever to be seen. You didn't okay. want any pull the lever cronk jokes? Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think that the other table is probably going to be the most useful for trying to find out what happened to the, the village. Um, we have half of the used cipher up there. Um, if we want to, we can use some of these other ciphers that I have, but I don't know if it'll produce the same results. Well, if we have the, if we have the translations here, we should look at them along with the buttons and see what Daxum figured out. It's it's quite possible that he has found a way to make this. Maybe we can do the opposite and find a way to cure it. Turn counterclockwise by 20 degrees instead of clockwise. Got it. <laughs> That's how these things work, right? So looking on the paper, it doesn't actually translate anything. It just basically has a sequence with the buttons that someone has figured out and you don't know how you don't know why it's just what's there so you can try to follow the sequence you can try to do something else you can leave the room and go somewhere else it's um, to you what you want to do so Helene will um, move the ladder back over to the long table mm -hmm. and he wants to look around to see if there's anything that will fit in the clamps um, around if it's not on the table around the room Give me a, a quick check. Yeah. Uh, that was a 19. With a 19, you do not mm. see anything that would fit in the clamps. But 
looking at it, there's something there that kind of reminds you of like a 3D printer. Mm. And so you get the idea that this is a place to build tools of some sort that can be used on the tables or on people or beings or something. Mm -hmm. You don't know what, that's what you're able to determine. If you want to add a, a major effect to that, you're welcome to. If you can think of something big that you want out of that, sure. Hmm. I think that the minor effect will be that um, Hillian decides to follow the sequence and it does not immediately end in disaster. Okay. So Hillian punches the buttons. And yes. there is a single lever on this machine. <laughs> and Hillian pulls the lever and the two arms start moving. They sort of come together and the, a light appears between them and they start glowing really, really brightly. The light remains present and grows brighter as they move further and further apart. And when they're about 18 inches apart from each other, that light beam slowly starts to dim until all that's left is a simple metal rod clasped between the two lamps. There doesn't appear to be any sort of button on it or anything. It just looks like a steel rod, silver in color, very reflective. It's not radiating any heat, but it's right there. Uh, Tina wants to examine it without touching it. Just try to figure out if it's basically what it is. This is going to be a difficulty seven. So your target number is 21. And it is a piece of Numenera, so you can use your book to drop it down to an 18. Hillian's helping. Okay, so that would drop it down to a 15. Rylou is going, that looks a lot like the rod-shaped thing that Daxum had, don't touch it. Being very useful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, using our deductive skills and the stories that we've heard from, from Daxum, can we also add that knowledge to... Give us an asset, says Hillian in the middle of this weird city. <laughs> well, are you, is anyone else going, are you going to use any other assets, Jess? Um, I want to extend a point of effort on it. Okay, so you're allowed two assets, so I would give you that as an asset then, because uh, Jess's, uh, Tuna's book also counts as an asset. Okay. So that spends, that knocks it down to 12, and you're expending effort, which knocks it down to 9. Perfect. Roll the seven. <sighs> so as far as you know, it's a rod. It does sound like what Daxum brought, but all all you can tell is that it is definitely created by a piece of Numenera of some sort. Um, and with my sense magic ability, can I tell if it's like active or anything? You can tell that it is charged. It almost feels like when you stick your hands into your bag of batteries and you can sort of, you know, feel the charges on the batteries that you carry. It almost feels like that. Well, if that is a piece of Numenera, I mean, most of the time, you know as well as I do, that they don't activate on their own. We should be able to move that off to the side and perhaps try to generate something else. If this is what Daxum created, we probably want to try something that's not this. 
I, yeah, Numenera usually don't activate it on their own, but if there's no buttons or anything on it, we don't know if touching it will activate it. Well, then use your scarf. I mean, Daxton was able to get it back to the village without it activating. I'll do it. <laughs> There's so I... many factors with Numenera. I mean, if you think about it, maybe it was just delayed. Maybe he triggered the activation on his way out of the forest and it just decided to go off after a certain amount of time. We really don't know. Well, so then we take it and we throw it off the edge. I'm surprised that you're so willing to touch this thing, that you're so willing to move it at all. Well, what's the other option? I mean, if it's going to stay in that rod, we know that this is the thing that created that created the Numenera piece that Daxum brought back to the village. So it has to be the solution, right? I am so happy that you're willing to help. You are such the best team member ever. <laughs> here, c- come on up here. <laughs> I love it because I imagine Rylu and Tiuna like staring daggers at each other and Hilly is just like, Y'all are great. I love you. <laughs> so do you climb up? I mean, I mean, is there room? I feel like are all, uh, now are all three of us up there? Oh, Tina's happy to get out of your way if you want to move it. It's a big-ass table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's room, I'll climb up, and as long as I can have that scarf, I'm going to take the... I'm going to grab the device. Okay, sure. I would like for you to hold for one moment. Cool. Okay, so with a 71, you think you have created a Numenera that will cure the village, but you don't know how to operate it. That's, you know, that is what, picking it up, you feel like, you know what, this may actually be the cure. Looks like a medical bay. It looks like it created something pretty straightforward. And you know what? Maybe just doing it a second time fixes it. Who knows? I want to hear this as a um, a speech. I, I want a, a speech from Rylu about how confident they are about how this is going to heal the village. Me too. So you all know that I'm not great with these Numenera devices, but I have seen a lot pass between my parents in my parents' shop. For some reason, and I feel like this can only be explained by the fact that it is a Numenera device, the minute I pick this up, I... I had this feeling that this can actually solve the issue. Now, I don't know if this is because of the Numenera device or the environment or what it is, but I'm I'm pretty certain this is it. I, I know it looks just like the others and I don't know how to use it, but as anxious as I am around these things, the fact that I am this sure that this is the right thing makes me know that it's true. Okay. I'm I'm willing to like let you go up to the village to try this thing and see if it cures them. However, one thing we should keep in mind before we even try to figure out how to set this thing off is that when Daxum used the Numenera that turned these people this way, he disappeared. And we have no idea if the opposite would happen if we tried to activate the cure or if the same would happen if we tried to activate the cure. We don't know if whoever uses it would also disappear. We also don't know if maybe this is what the exact same thing that Daxa made. And like our theories from earlier, you know, if it seemed like it would cure people of things and it cured them by making them into these other creatures. So... All of these things I think we should keep in mind. We can always just take this back to Edelale and explain what's happening and let them decide. I, th- Those are just my concerns that I wanted to share that we should keep in mind is that whoever uses this thing might be in the same danger that Daxum was. I'm moved by Rylu's confidence. I mean, I, I, I believe anything that he believes is true. And this, they have a lot of confidence on. And I, I, I feel like this, this could be it, y'all. 
this this could be the thing that we need. Though, there is a lot of Numenera here, and maybe we should explore a bit more. I'm going to use my GM intrusion at this point, and as as Hillian is talking about that, I am going to say that they gesture towards Rylu a little emphatically, and accidentally hit that half of a cipher that was left up, the force cube cipher, and it rolls over and it lands on one of the buttons. And when it does, another Numenera starts to be created. You have no idea what it is, and that is starting to happen immediately. And it is a little brighter than the last one, and you see a flickering light on the platform that's 20 feet above you. All right, so I don't know what that is, but that flickering light does not make me feel good. Uh, perhaps we should move. I mean, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tiana starts to run out of the room. We're going to book it, I think, back to the place that we were. Back to where we were? Well, because I feel like, shouldn't we go press the flickering thing in the other room? Or go check out what it is, at least? Well, oh, is it? You know, so is it coming from the other platform, or is it coming, like, from the ceiling? It's coming from the platform that's 20 feet above you that you just came from. So the room you're running back into is the room where the flickering is. Yeah, I feel like we gotta go check that out. Oh. I, feel <laughs> I like, like that, exactly. I, I feel like I should run away from it. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> that is a way from what run away from the you want you want to run away from the flickering whatever it is whatever just yes. the two are connected we need to figure out why there's an old saying about cats and i i, I just feel like there, there's a lot of danger over there but i don't know how much time we have what's a cat <laughs> <laughs> i i feel like okay so i feel like as a as a group we got to decide because Ryler's not realistically going to run off without you two in a Numenera film. Numenera is getting larger. It is probably about the same size as the rod, and it's still growing. And the light is intense. Okay, so if Rylu chooses to make a rousing speech to convince us to go to the light, Hillian will join because that is Hillian's connection to Rylu. However, it's against his better judgment. <laughs> That is all I will say on the matter. Yeah, I feel like I'm not going to make a rousing speech because Rylu's scared as hell about Numenera. They're really just like, all right, you so th what? those two things... What's up? Roll a percentage dice and give me high or low. Me? Mm-hmm. Okay, low, because that's how I roll. 35. You rolled low, so you're not going to just blindly panic and run. You have your mental faculties. You can make up your mind on which way you're going to go. It seems like those two are connected, and I don't think that they would create anything dangerous in their own home. That might be some sort of failsafe, but if you two think we should run, we need to run now. That's what I'll say. Because, again, I'm not making decisions about Numenera as Rylu. Aaron wants to hang around because Aaron loves interesting shit, but Rylu does not like it. Uh, Hillian glances at Tiuna. Um, Hillian, stay close to me. Let's go figure this out. Okay. So where are y'all going? To the big room with yeah. the blinking light. <laughs> okay. So as you walk in, what you see is a giant 10-foot tall person with six arms and three legs staring straight ahead and speaking in some sort of foreign language. You have no idea what's being said. And when you look at them, you see that they have the variegated scales that you've seen on 
everyone at the Edridwan village, but theirs are really patchy and just missing in several places. They appear very earnest and very sad. So can either of you understand this? Do you think there's like um, a translate mode? <laughs> so immediately Helian is touched by their sadness and they step forward and they start trying to approach with caution, but approach humbly and with care with their either emotional support or consoling. I'm not sure which. Okay. Tiona is going to uh, reach into her pocket and pull out a small metal disc and attach it to the um, one of the metal protrusions sticking out of her temple mm -hmm. and use her comprehension graft, which lets her understand any language. Okay. So is this is a cipher you have? Yeah. All right. So let's see. What level is this cipher? That is an awesome cipher. I did not uh -huh. know that was even a so I need you to roll a 1d6 plus 1. Nice. Six. So with a six, this will last for 30 minutes. And it says that the creature can understand the words of a specific language keyed to the graft. If the creature could already understand language, it has no effects once the graft touches, it's permanent. So this device no longer counts against the number of ciphers that you have. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so when applied to a creature's head, the disc immediately unleashes microfilaments that enter the brain. So tell us what this feels like when the, when you do this. <laughs> what, what exactly is happening to you right now? Um, honestly, it's... Tuna barely even registers the feeling because she has so many... Like, she is a, a nano sorcerer, and, like, part of that has been um, things that, like, probably are not very apparent on her because she tries to keep them hidden because she knows other people find these things off-putting. But she has several, like, metal protrusions pretty much all over her body. The most obvious are she has two on her um, right temple. Uh, but then she also has them everywhere on her body because she's been modifying herself with with machinery for basically her entire lifetime. So she attaches it to one of the the things on her inner temple and then just sort of, like, blinks for a second, almost like a quick brain freeze and then it's like nothing okay my understanding of the comprehension graft is you can understand the words of a specific language keyed to the graft so i'm going to say that yes it the graft basically lets you learn this ancient language of whatever sort and slowly the gibberish starts to make sense to you and you start to get words over the next five-ish minutes you learn that this is someone presenting to a council offering a solution to what is obviously a disease that has affected the whole community and the loss of scales and uh, a, they talk about a, the attrition of birth rate and all of those kinds of things you come to expect from, you know, years of sci-fi exposure. <laughs> so can I, can Tuna tell from like looking at this, that this is some sort of like hologram? With your scan ability? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. This is, this is a record that was triggered by whatever button was pushed. Uh, Hillian knocked over the force cube half. Um, okay. And so this person is just basically on repeat it's a very short segment it's maybe 
about a minute long where they give you the information that this place is a you know a science a research space that they have where they are trying to find a cure and they are in essence dying it talks about realigning creatures using nanos but that's about all you really get now is this the source of the blinking or is there like a button blinking somewhere so i didn't say blinking i said that there is a a flickering light up ahead oh and what it was was the movement of the hologram as it's moving you could see the flickering of that light up here you know when you were 20 feet below you couldn't actually tell what it was gotcha so when you get (laughs) up here it's this hologram that is talking i wish i had known you'd have the comprehension draft i did not remember that i need to look through your inventory better (laughs) (laughs) how's the light source from 20 feet below now (laughs) well it's still really bright you'd actually have to look down to see yeah hillian kind of peers over the side okay so grabs the back of their coat (laughs) it is still building whatever it's building and it is bigger than the other thing you crafted it seems to be almost like a a dome shaped protrusion you don't know what it's covering but it's sort of you can tell that it's almost like a semicircle over the top that is turning into something uh does tuna tell us about the what the video is saying yeah tuna relays what's happening and then with um now that she has the comprehension graft attached, is there anything in this room that she can translate? I think the comprehension graft is for speech, not for uh, writing. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think it lets you translate anything more. It just gives you a bit of an understanding of what you are, what you're looking at, and you can see. I mean, if you look at this creature, you can tell that. I mean, it's significantly taller it has twice as many arms and the same number of legs as the individuals in the village who were transformed Um, so the button that was pressed on the machine downstairs it caused another numenera to be built and started this um hologram apparently okay then i guess we should go back down to that machine and see if we can like either cancel that process out or see if we can cause any other holograms to start well that might also be the cure if this is linked to the hologram. This might be what this individual thought was the cure for their disease. Well, right. Like I said earlier, it could be that like the thing that is the cure for this species will turn anyone else into them. So, but definitely like whatever is being built down there, we need to make sure it's not going to like keep growing and destroy everything. Yes, uh, we can go back down. One thing I did want to say from earlier though, is that you mentioned telling Edelole. I think Edelole is the last person that should know about this place. From what you told us about your interaction with him, he is power hungry and this would give him more power than he should ever have. Oh, yeah. I wasn't saying tell Adelale about this place. I was saying tell Adelale that we thought that rod might be the cure. All right. Well, if you two want to go back down, I think we should. And on that note, we are out of time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really, really interesting episode. I love how all of you think it's definitely keeping me on my toes as to what we're gonna do awesome (laughs) i'm kelrick i'm your gm and producer for the show you can find me on twitter at eq points and at cormalon i'm doing 
quite a few projects besides this one now. Experience Points is sort of blown up because we've got our Starfinder show with going on pretty strong. We've got this show and now Kenny is starting a third show on the network, which he'll tell you more about. I'm also doing a Twitch stream for a Blue Rose campaign and another Twitch stream for a vampire game on Mondays and Thursdays, respectively. But anyway, that's enough about me. What's everyone else doing? Talk to us. Uh, I'm Jess. I was playing Tiona. You can find me online at WriteJessR. I, along with this stream, I do the the slasher game that Kenny will will share more about. Um, I also am on the D20 Dames, which is a D&D actual play podcast and a couple of podcasts on the Bitch to Malfa network, uh, which you can find at bitchtomalfa.com. Um, and then I was also a guest on the first four episodes of Tales from the Mists, which is a Twitch show on, streamed on the D&D channel, which you can check out Friday evenings. I am Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at PunderDrone. Uh, I play Absco Cash on EQ Point Starfinder. And uh, as well as being on this show, I have launched uh, Pun Times, which is going to be a monthly stream on our Twitch channel at uh, twitch.tv slash experience points. The first show that we're doing is a, a game called Slasher, which is based off of the Fate Core system, where Jess is our killer and I'm the director, and we are playing in a horror slasher flick um, that involves a lot of creepy dolls, apparently. Kelric uh, is going to be playing on that, as well as a lot of amazing other folk. So uh, come check us out. It's go uh, going to be streaming the second Tuesday of every month, and we'll be launching that edited as a podcast starting in April, the last day of the month. On top of that, I am streaming with Pro Restarter, uh, playing in a Witcher campaign, uh, and that is every other Wednesday evening. So yeah, that is what I'm doing. Uh, my name is Aaron. I was playing Rylu. You can find me at Space Persona on Twitter. And besides this, I spend way too much time working and going to school. So that's that's pretty much all I got. But I mean, you know, if you want me on your podcast and I'll like feature, I'll come play a cool character or something. As always, thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.